Oh, have you ever been? You ever have you ever been making out with a girl and you're like, all right, this enough. <laughs> In what way? Like it's too much making out, or it's like not good. <laughs> it's too much. It's it's too, it's too much it's, kissing. It's, it's too much kissing. It's <laughs> it's it's what? enough. She's just like, mm, what is this? <laughs> Like, well, I usually I feel like it would escalate to the next step, next phase. No? Well, maybe, maybe, let's say, maybe after you've done the deed. And oh, you're, yes. And you're, 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 you're cuddling, I guess, I suppose. Oh. And then she starts making out with you and you, you're repulsed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time. It happens every night. My go-to is usually to, if I finish and then we're, we're making out, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, I will, if she really wants to keep making out, I will grab a pillow and kind of hold it over. <laughs> hold it over her head. <laughs> wow. Wow. I never thought about and, that. And she'll, she'll stop. The impulse yeah. to kiss me will, will, will stop. And then there's like a ton of work I have to do after that. <laughs> But I won't get into it. <laughs> sure, sure. There's so much work after that. Yeah, you have to go to Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always have to go to Home Depot right after that. Every time after I finish and a girl kisses me too much, I always do my pillow thing and then I have to go to Home Depot. And it's just it's annoying. It's like hydrochloric yeah. acid. <laughs> you, have to, you have to go to Home Depot and then Old Navy to buy a new outfit. <laughs> I gotta go to Old Navy, I gotta go to the dry cleaners. Yeah. I gotta go to uh I gotta go to Home Depot. Usually get an eighty-gallon barrel, some hydrochloric acid, <laughs> and uh, and then there's a lot of like well, cell phone changing and. I might, yeah, I'll have to look into that. Yeah, because I just get, it's like I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but it just I'm like enough, but I can't say that. You right, can't, you right. can't be like all right enough. Well, a great way I was to pretend like you have to pee or something. Yeah, yeah, and then you go out the front. Well, door. normally I just you get fully dressed. <laughs> You grab your keys off the nightstand, <laughs> and then you pretend that you thought the the bathroom was the front door. <laughs> you come back, and then you kind of, you block her number. <laughs> yeah, and you, you never see her. You block her number. So uh, that's that's has always been. But, yeah, I've never figured out a, a good way to 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 get out of it because I don't want to be rude, and I like the 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 lady, but right. after. You know, after you do the deed, I don't, I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't want anything. I don't want to be touched. I, I don't want to be left alone. Well, really, not, like, because I don't want to kiss, and I don't want to like fondle. No, I'll, cu- I'll, I'll cuddle, cuddle throw on a movie, but I do yeah. need like a movie. I need something to be like. Yeah. I'm interested in that now. <laughs> you can be right here. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't want to talk. <laughs> I don't answer any fucking questions. <laughs> All right. I, yeah, I just want to watch Scooby Doo Two: Monsters Unleashed. I'm not thinking about my fucking walls. Yeah, I want to watch Scooby Doo Two: Monsters Unleashed or Garfield Two: A Tale of Two Kitties. <laughs> Regardless, it's animated and it is a sequel. Yeah. Okay. I'm not trying to have your vile sex again. <laughs> I'm trying to do your dirty, your dirty act again yeah. that you you've talked me into. <laughs> That you used your sorcerous ways yeah, to exactly. ensnare me, and now you're trying to trick me again. And this time, fool me once, shame on, shame on yeah. you. Well, fool me twice, you can't fool me again. Yeah, actually, Fred and the gang kind of have a mystery to solve. Yeah, and it's a little more wholesome than what you had in mind. <laughs> Whore. <laughs> That's kidding, man. What a what an aggressive 
intro to this podcast. <laughs> well, that was aggressive. I think mine was just sort of... Uh, uh, that, yeah. 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 A thing, right. every guy, a thing that every guy goes through, but they, they're too afraid to talk about. And I, <laughs> and this, is, this is a podcast about having discussions. <laughs> Hard discussions. For silenced men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's exactly what this is. Um, Joe, do you want to start us off? I'll start us off. Um, so, um, let me let me see what I got here. Oh, this is great. This is I'm I'm really excited about this. Now, you are familiar with Burning Man, correct, Trent? Well, I know. I thought I thought I knew what it was, but apparently, no, I don't know what it is. Why do you say that? Because I thought it was a music festival. Right. It was more than that. I read recently that there's, it's not music. Well, I think there is music there. Yeah, but I think it's not. Yeah, the Express sole purpose of it isn't like a music festival. Sure. But I also don't really understand it. I've never been. No, it's not really my bag. Not, not our scene. <laughs> it's definitely man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. I think, but what I, I mean, I, it's a, well, first of all, it's a gathering of nonconformists. <laughs> or, or, or so it began. Yeah, that's and, how it started. But they do all kinds of, you know, shrooms and have sex. And it's like, a, there's music, there's like arts, there's, I don't know, live, probably fucking poetry. Just a bunch of weird yeah, people it, doing weird shit, juggling, was, and who knows what it is. Yeah, it was started by hippies. And yeah. now it's just almost exclusively in investment bankers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and well, Chris Rock. Yeah, well, this year, um, I mean, the, the grooves and vibes were beset by rain and mud. I, yeah. So this is an article from the, uh, from the Wall Street Journal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and this says, rain and mud test spirits of festival goers. Okay. The technology entrepreneurs... <laughs> artists and other free spirits how, how did that even a real group of people technology yeah. entrepreneurs and other free spirits yeah and just lumping the word artist next to them <laughs> flocked to the desert for the annual burning man festival were accustomed to weathering withering heat and dust storms this year they wound up wallowing in the muck the desert storm uh, turned the lake, the uh, the dry lake bed into a thick, slimy clay over the weekend, transforming Burning Man's site about 90 miles north of Reno, Nevada, into a quagmire and forcing the closure of roads in and out of the event attending attended by tens of thousands of people. Yeah. Everybody went there, had a really chill time, had some ego death with the shrooms, and then got stuck in a traffic jam saying, move out of the way! What the- <laughs> God! <laughs> we gotta it's, get back to the bay! It's so... Th- it's held in a dry lake bed. That's what it says. Yes. Yeah. It's held in the middle of the desert. In a dry lake bed. In a dry lake bed, but it turned into a pile of goop. It turned and into a lake. It turned into a, a, yeah, an actual a, lake. Yeah. A, a wet lake. <laughs> um, so on Monday of the sunshine returning, Burning Man organizers said they began allowing the thousands still stuck in, in the mud to, to gradually file out. Yeah. Um, an annual rite known as the Exodus. <laughs> but yeah, I so well I I saw this because I follow Chris Rock on Instagram and he posted he's a, a video. Man? He was, was at Burning there? Man and there's actually a story him and the DJ Diplo <laughs> hitched hitched a ride with some guy that had a truck to to escape the the burning the what once was a, a fun festival turned into a, a kind of a waking nightmare. They. <laughs> 
they right. they hitched a ride with somebody who who had a truck and they they escaped. So they used their power and privilege to escape. <laughs> and, and well, they they rode with just uh, c- civilians. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Despite the hardships, this is a quote from the article. Many said being mired in the muck didn't spoil the fun, describing it as another weird chapter in the festival's unusual history. <laughs> but here's a quote from one of the attendees: "Quote." Anywhere you want to go, you're completely caked in mud, and that sucks," <laughs> said Matthew Fausberg, a 65-year-old video 65? video producer from Fairfax. <laughs> wow, that's what this festival is. It's like it's like 60-year-old, 40 insane. to 60-year-olds. Because I think they what it started in the 90s. You know, I don't know when it started. I don't know either, man. But now it's it's. Um, I just always I assumed it was 20-year-old ladies. I think there's some of that, but there's also, it's like you said, there's like tech entrepreneurs. Yeah. So this one, um, yeah, it says that, that Burning Man attracts all sorts of fun, uh, fun seekers and Stripes, but is known for luring celebrities from Silicon Valley Titans. Billionaire and SpaceX chief executive Elon Musk said he is a Burning Man fan. Good God. And it, it's, also, it's also described as the nonconformist nine-day event. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very anti-establishment with uh, the tech titans <laughs> of the world. Uh, well, the more I hear about this, I'm more, the more I wish this flood was worse. <laughs> I wish and it turned into quicksand and took all of them under. Sort of a biblical flood. I wish <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really seems like God's trying to send a message to everyone there. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm upset that they got out as well. Um, Elon Musk's brother was there, Kimball Musk. Yeah. <laughs> Brock Pierce, a prominent Bitcoin entrepreneur. Ugh. The the co-founder of Google was there. Uh <laughs> just all these guys. I'm like, what one person died, by the way, in the muck. Not not one of the right ones. <laughs> You just listed all the people that should have died. <laughs> they go. <laughs> they did list all the people that should have died. But this this is my favorite part. Yeah. They go. One person died in the next paragraph. They go. Still, the atmosphere at the event was largely positive. <laughs> yeah. Thousands of attendees wanted wandered the streets and partied into the early hours of the morning. Oh well, good for them. <laughs> I'm glad they had fun. Uh, Imagine being the mother of the one guy that died, and you read the article, and the one guy died. But everyone had a great, mostly a great time, except for one guy. <laughs> except for one guy, and he's really not that important. Uh, <laughs> but compared to being stuck in a traffic jam, is is dying really so bad? <laughs> wow. So yeah, I I thought I know they like light something on fire. They they mentioned that they they still an did that an effigy or something an effigy of yeah. a man. What is an effigy? I don't even know what that is. Well, it's kind of a thing made of straw, something you can easily light on fire. Mm. It's kind of like, like uh, some. Uh, so they do in fact burn. They burn a man there. They burn. I a believe man. they do. They burn a man, and they also apparently they kill a man. <laughs> they, they, every year they burn one man, and then they kill one real man. <laughs> And the mud, but the vibes are always. But these festivals, I've never been to a festival. I've kind of have no desire to go. Uh, not really my scene, man. <laughs> but there was. Did you hear about this other one that happened in New York? Electric Zoo. I did not hear about Electric well, Zoo. Well, there was a, a trampling. <laughs> what? What? They apparently Electric Zoo the fe- the festival. 
Oh, a trampoline. Founders, yeah. I thought you said a trampoline. Oh, no, no. I'm sure there probably was a trampoline there, too. (laughs) But no, a trampling. Oh, my God. Apparently, they sold more tickets than they had availability, so... Uh, they they all the people that the people that showed up late they were like yeah we we you know we made a mistake <laughs> <laughs> the spreadsheet we 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 miscalculated they're trying to explain this to people who want to get high on molly going to, a, to the the electric zoo festival they're like yeah we we fucked up charles in the back you really fucked up you know what it, you know what it was we actually uh, we knew we were at capacity, but we just wanted to keep making money. <laughs> and, so, uh, so they were trying to turn people away yeah. at the gates, but people, you wouldn't believe this show, people stormed the gates after they spent thousands of dollars <laughs> people on... People love storming things. <laughs> festival, <laughs> festival tickets, yeah. People do love storming things, and some, pe- some, pe- some of those people are right, and some of those people are wrong. And I'm not going to say which ones are, but... <laughs> I'll just tell you this. I know I was with the right people when I stormed the correct thing. <laughs> On a day that will live yeah. in, in not infamy. <laughs> so wow, yeah. Uh, festivals are a nightmare. I mean, I've been to. I've never really gone to anything. I did go to one. I mm-hmm. snuck into something called Rock Fest that I had no interest in any of the bands, but it was in Kansas City, and I snuck in when I was like twenty three mm-hmm. or something, and it was like pouring rain and it was covered in mud, mm-hmm. and we walked in and Five Finger Death Punch was playing. <laughs> and there, That's who you would think it would headline something called Rock Fest. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And uh, they're playing their hit song, "Burn, motherfucker, burn, motherfucker, burn." It's t- mm. something to that effect yeah they, i mean Trent, the whole place was covered in mud i mean it was like burning man 23 in there <laughs> there was a lady that was pregnant passed out in the mud yeah. and but there were all these chicks on their boyfriend's shoulders sure and the guy in, in five finger death punch on stage goes if you're one of these chicks out there sitting on your boyfriend's shoulders and you're blocking the view of the guy behind you well, I have to say this. If you want to stay up there, you got to show me your tits. <laughs> and they all pulled their tops wow. off. And then the poor sucker standing behind them. Still getting none of it. Yeah, they just... <laughs> <laughs> I just... I'm just going, well, this sucks. Yeah, this sucks. And I just have to stare at some lady's bare back. Yeah, but a festival is a nightmare. Festival is a nightmare. Sucks. It's for all... 21-year-olds. Shut them all down. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah, shut them all down. <laughs> well... Speaking, the it's speaking of Elon Musk. Oh, I think he's going to be a recurring. I think so. <laughs> person in this episode. Uh, tw- this is from the uh, the Wall Street Journal. Oh, okay. Twitter supervans resist new X brand. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you lost me at Twitter superfan. Yeah. Well, Jesus. We'll Christ. get into that. <laughs> A month after Elon Musk rebranded Twitter as X, some users are still resisting the change so much that they are finding ways to pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're using the classic <laughs> la 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 <laughs> technique. La, 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 la. <laughs> no! <laughs> using specially designed software tools, they are reinstating the old blue-on-white bird image oh my on God. their devices in place of the new icon, a stylized white-on-black version of the 24th letter. <laughs> get, a, get a life. X, oh, my the Lord. the 24th letter. <laughs> and they are reverting references to post back to tweets, along with other 
user experience options. I just, this is a quote, I just find the X so boring and it's kind of depressing. It just gives off negative vibes. Says <laughs> Belinda Davy, a 36-year-old retail worker in Adelaide, Australia. Yeah, because Twitter was never depressing. It never gave off negative vibes. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't a waking nightmare. That, that merry-go-round of, of a social media <laughs> yeah. app. Well, jettisoning the globally recognized Twitter name and logo is among uh, myriad changes Musk has made to the 17-year-old platform since buying it in October. From upending its old blue checkmark verification system to creating an algorithmic feed that has heavily featured his own tweets. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, he's... One one might say it's a vanity project. (laughs) (laughs) But But changes are part of Musk's effort to reshape the microblogging platform into his, his vision of an everything app. What, what does it mean? Because it's the same thing as Twitter so far, just called X, but more of his, well, more of his Elon tweets. Elon you don't understand Elon Musk's <laughs> great vision I don't, of I, turning it into an everything app. I have the vision of a peon, and this is a man who sees through space <laughs> yeah, and you time. You can't understand his great vision. <laughs> I am an ant. Well, he wants, what he wants to do is he wants to like... Turn it into a place where people can make financial payments, basically, and stuff like oh, that. Oh, like a Venmo or something? Like a Venmo. Like a PayPal. Well, a PayPal, which he had a hand in starting. Right. And people... Everything app. So you're going to have... PayPal originally started as like a place where you could buy like child porn and not get caught. Really? By, yeah. <laughs> and he, had a, he wants to sort of bring that he back. He wants to bring that back. <laughs> And he wants, yeah, okay. and he, he well, wants to call it X. Yeah, that's understandable for him, you know. <laughs> and um, everything app. Anything you can do anything from buy child porn to bestiality. To, to, to sell child porn. <laughs> <laughs> to sell child porn, yeah. The whole gamut. <laughs> the <internet. laughs> that's my great vision. It's my great vision. It's so much bigger than what you could see. Yeah. Um no, so but that's interesting. So it's gonna be like a transact it's you know, it's like a Venmo or a PayPal, but also you're gonna have a piece of the Twitter thing. What else yeah. are you going to be able to do on it? Well, you can also post, post long-form videos. <laughs> so it's, it's anything, oh. anything you can already do online. Yeah, you'll just be able to just, do all of that just stuff on, there? Yeah, it's just on X instead of the other website you use. So you'll, is it a feed? So you'll be scrolling down and one guy goes has a tweet burning man this year lol and then below that is bob paid chris 18 dollars for burger and milkshake yeah yeah and then below that is a video guy hey guys <laughs> i think that's his great vision yeah. what a hellscape yeah <laughs> what a hellscape yeah it sounds like a total a total nightmare so this this now this is the most insufferable quote this is from eric wool a 29-year-old who works as a media coordinator for the Tennis Channel. Fuck off. He, he, he's encouraged by the X rebrand and that it makes him want to use the app more. Quote, The bird was a good start, but for how far the platform has come, it needed a sophisticated refresh. <laughs> what is Because when you think of sophistication... You think of Twitter.com or X. No. X. That's sophisticated. It's elegant. You think 
You you think of people dressed up in a suit and tie, <laughs> tweeting their every thought, their every waking thought. <laughs> not somebody that has the, not people that have the most free time on their hands. Sitting what in is this kid? What is his basement. life that he has that opinion? That he goes, you know, the bird was a nice start, but I mean, really, they were they're ready for a sophisticated. Yeah, I mean, it's just so just so f- sophisticated now. <laughs> and what is he digital marketing for the tennis channel? The tennis channel. He's a media coordinator. Another. All these people that are in the Wall Street Journal, all of their jobs could be taken away, and the world would be a hundred times better. <laughs> it would be at least the exact same. It would be. No, it would be the exact same. <laughs> it would be the yeah. exact same, if not better. A digital marketing specialist coordinator. <laughs> For the tennis app. <laughs> That's everybody's job now. <laughs> so people's others, so others saw the rebranding as the last straw and a disagreeable transformation and vowed to flee from di- for different platforms. Still, others find the new name and look, among other alterations, upsetting or just unfamiliar, but they like the platform too much to leave. Who? I'd like to speak to these people who are like, I just love x so much i i mean i hate what they've done to it but i just like see the thing is the word like is the wrong word there because mm. they don't like it too much to leave they're addicted to tweeting yeah it's like saying you're it's like a cigarette smoker it's like they're not happy that they're a cigarette smoker yeah but they it's really hard to stop because people are addicted to twitter and people are oh, addicted yeah. to tweeting yeah we have many friends Sure, yeah. we certainly do. But you got cold turkey. It's the only way out. Cool. Yeah. You got to delete the whole app. I, I deleted the app, and I tell you, I've never been happier unless I'm playing a video game. <laughs> Any video game at yeah. all. Then I get really mad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Trent, um, that's a fascinating story, and I can't wait to see what happens with this cool new uh, app. It's mm-hmm. kind of sort of a bit of an everything app. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of Elon Musk, Jesus, <laughs> this is, this is be sort of a, now. Now, here's here's this. Yeah. Now, this is a, an article from the um, the Wall Street Journal. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is tech leaders are divided on AI's threat to humanity. Oh, yeah, I bet they are. <laughs> yeah. So, um, artificial intelligence pioneers are fighting over which of the technology's dangers is the scariest. It's not about whether it's scary at all. <laughs> Sounds like yeah, which de- one? Yeah, we- weird first sentence. They're debating on which one of the dangers is the scariest. <laughs> Was this a sleepover? <laughs> I think it's ability to... The deep fakes are the scariest. <laughs> Ooh. Um, yeah, they're all holding flashlights under their, their chin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One camp, which includes some of the top executives building advanced AI systems, argues... Its creations could lead to catastrophe. And the other, I like how these are the people doing it. They go, <laughs> one camp, uh, the executives building the system say, oh, this could be calamitous, <laughs> but I'm building it. Yeah. Um, in the, another camp are scientists who say concerns should focus primarily on how AI is being implemented right now and how it could cause harm in our daily lives. Um, so, wait, hold on one sec. Well, yeah. Joe, it's something that needs to be done. <laughs> yeah, it needs to be done. Um, oh, here's so Altman, who's this guy, uh, Musk, and other top AI executives next week are expected to attend the first in a series of closed door meetings about AI convened by U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer mm-hmm. to consider topics including, quote, doomsday scenarios. 
Also, why is Musk still getting invited to stuff like this? This this well, would be like inviting Donald Trump to a real estate meeting. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, listen, we know you've done some other stuff <laughs> since you were the big real estate guy. Well, yeah. We would love to have you in here. Well, this, I don't know. It's kind of a long story, but I, I read something in The New Yorker about how Elon Musk, we don't realize how much how involved he in he is in the government now because we rely on him on on a on a ton of it's, stuff yeah it's weird so we're basically we've fucked ourselves yeah i mean well apparently his uh his whatever his satellites his starlink he shut it down during the ukraine well apparently they account for like one out of every four objects in the sky <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like our atmosphere is filled with like a fourth of his technology. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a fucking nightmare. He's going to be the dictator. Yeah. And if he's going to shut this podcast down and, and shoot us both in our <laughs> heads in the middle of the night. Uh, this we, yeah, we really, we have to, we all have to root for Mark Zuckerberg to kill this guy <laughs> when he fights him. In the big cage match. Yeah. Yeah, of course, after he must recover some surgery. Right, right. But no, we've said it before. We'll say it again. The echo chamber, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're Team Musk. No, no, no. We're Team Zuck. Zuck. Team Zuck team all the Zuck, way. Yeah. Team Zuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's sort of my ideal man. That's, that's sort of my concept of well, the ideal it's, man. It's, it is like the embodiment of choosing the lesser of two evils. It's the perfect encapsulation. Right, and by lesser of two evils, you mean the ideal man. Is <laughs> sure. the ideal body and the ideal personality. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, please, Zuckerberg, put us up in the algorithm. Um, <laughs> for all the attention it has been getting, though, serious public discussion of AI's existential risk, or the, quote, X risk. I wonder who came up with that term. <laughs> I wonder if he named anything else X. Um, as those most to worry about it like to call it. What, what is that? I, that's insane. Um, has until recently remained confined to a fringe of philosophers and AI researchers. All that changed with the release of chat GPT late last year. Subsequent improvements have delivered human-like responses, igniting warnings. So systems could gain superhuman in- intelligence. Prominent researchers, including Jeffrey Hinton, um, want to consider the godfathers of AI, have con- uh, contended it contains a glimmer of human-like reasoning. Um, and that's the guy who left his role at Google this year to, to move more freely to discuss AI risks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then he goes on to say that there's existential risk with, with warning uh, about these risks. There's a taboo that you'll be mocked and treated like a crazy person and affect your Who's job. Who's treating prospects. these people like crazy people? Also, affect your job prospects. You created ChatGPT. Yeah. I think you'll get another job. Right. <laughs> What are you talking about? But who's who's like who, who who's listening to these people like hey AI could have very horrible uh, reactions and then people are like ah you you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> people people are like yeah it's it seems to be they're, bad yeah they're acting like this is the guy who came out and said there's flying saucers <laughs> now that <laughs> took some risk sure <laughs> yeah. yeah people can write him off but for to say that AI is scary is like it's the like most saying, common yeah, sense it's like saying the sky is blue uh, yeah and is falling which are both <laughs> <laughs> both true. 
Uh, oh, oh, this is the last little little note mm-hmm. on this whole thing. Some in the field argue that there is a paradoxical upside for AI companies to emphasize the X risk of the systems because it conveys a sense that their technology is extraordinarily sophisticated. How fucked up is that? <laughs> Quote, it's, it's obvious that these guys benefit from the hype being fueled, says Daniel Schoenberger, former Google lawyer who worked in 2018 list of AI whatever the fuck, Web Foundation. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't finish the lessons. Yeah. But they love, so basically when people freak out and they go, ah, it's going to take over the world, they go, yeah, I guess our technology is pretty good. Oh, they love it. They get off on that. They love it. They're a bunch of nerds. They're sickos. They're sickos, dude. They go, they go to Burning Man every year. They go year. to Burning Man and they, yeah. And, and they, they, they think they're artists and hippies because they go to Burning Man and, and then they go back to, to San Francisco after getting out of the traffic jam they're yeah. in for four days. And then they go back and then they pioneer the next fucking world-ending Chad GPT technology. And then they go and unplug it at the next Burning Man in Coachella <laughs> to be with other free thinkers. Yeah. Well, this is why I'm a, a, a huge proponent of bullying nerds again. Right. Or is that what put them here in the first place? Were they uh, bullied into... No, go ahead and finish your sentiment, because I think I agree. <laughs> I don't think... I think we need to... Because people think being like a scientist and stuff, it's in vogue now, you know? So those are like, those are like the people everyone talks about, Elon Musk and all these people. Right. But if you made it seem like it's lame, which it is. It's very lame. It's incredibly lame. But we did away. We go, you're not, you got to be nice to everybody. And look how that treated us. It completely backfired. Yeah, you got two tech guys going to be in a cage match. They're dead set on, yeah, they're dead set on ruining the world and taking away everyone's jobs. (laughs) And rights. (laughs) Now, if they just got shoved in a locker once in their life. See, I think they need to be shoved in a locker now. They need to, yeah. But you got it. It starts when you're a kid. <laughs> you got to start them young. You got to start them young. Well, I can't tell if it's because they got shoved in lockers or they didn't get shoved in enough lockers. But I know that we the something we should try both ways. We should try shoving them into more lockers and then going back in time and stopping the guys from shoving them into lockers. <laughs> yeah. Something about the lockers and them getting shoved into it says a lot about what's going on right now. Yeah. I, I just can't determine which side uh, it is. And well. If somebody needs to do that study, I volunteer. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, let me find where this starts here. Now, Trent, you're you know, with all due respect, you're no, you were no like jock or anything. I was no jock. I was. I would. You were never. You you were never shoved in lockers of any kind. I've thought a lot about this. I've done a lot of journaling. I would say I'm sort of. I was sort of a uh, a second tier. Oh, okay, cool, cool kid. Yeah. That's what I was. Yeah, I wasn't in the first tier. No, I wasn't. But I was like first. a personal clown for all of them. Yeah, exactly. Okay, same same with me. Okay, yeah. Fine line though. To being, there is a being fine a nobody line. and a second tier cool kid in high school. But that yeah, there's yeah. a fine line. But if you're on the right side of that <laughs> it's, line, it's a world of better, difference. You better write it for <laughs> for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. So that's, yeah, I was a second dear cool kid, and yeah, I was kind of friends with everybody except for the nerds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of, uh, not really nerds, but spot, this is from the Wall Street Journal, 
Spotify's $1 billion podcast bet turns into a serial drama. Oh, interesting. The prospect of riches led to aggressive investments in celebrity deals. Okay, tell me more. I still don't quite understand. Well, you know, Spotify... Of course, the the big one was Joe Rogan. They, Joe Rogan, to, right. They paid him so to have exclusive to, rights to get into the podcasting game. Okay, got it. So Spotify spent more than $1 billion to pu- build a podcasting empire. <laughs> let, me, let me guess. It didn't pay off. <laughs> <laughs> you might be surprised. <laughs> it struck splashy deals with Kim Kardashian, the Obamas, and Prince Harry the, and the Obamas. And, well, and Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. <laughs> it paid two hundred eighty-six million for two podcast say. studios and spent two hundred fifty hundred thousand dollars and more an episode on exclusive shows to lure new listeners. The bet hasn't paid off. <laughs> oh, you're telling me they're spending all the money in the world for the Obamas, Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> and Joe Rogan and Meghan Markle? Wasn't worth it. <laughs> uh, most of its shows aren't profitable, according to people familiar with the matter. And the company has recently cut staff and programming to slow its losses. Wow. They you lost hate to hear it. A- about $565 million in six months. <laughs> Jesus. That's the thing with all these companies, though, is like nobody, nobody makes money anymore. Like Uber and it all, I know they all they're, they're all, all they all lose like, money. We don't. We thought this would work. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what I don't understand is they could take like a risk one year and like like make a business pivot. Yeah, and then lose five hundred million dollars. But if you work for these company and you're like, I just want like a a ten percent raise, yeah. and they go, well, five percent is kind of the the most we really do on a year-to-year basis <laughs> you guys just invested a billion dollars and lost 500 million dollars yeah give me eight thousand more dollars <laughs> a year i'm the well, one programming yeah this shit. but i'm sorry joe we just can't swing that we, we can't swing that that's just not just not in the books it's not in the cards for you now we are going to fly in a guy on a private jet pay him 26 million dollars to tell us how to shake things up <laughs> Well, yeah, we we ha- we've really carved out about fifty million dollars for Meghan Markle. People are really 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 interested in what she has to say. So <laughs> that extra five grand, ah, it's just not in the cards for you. Uh, so here's the here's something interesting, though, Joe. No one in the business is making much money on podcasts. So, oh, that's, that's <laughs> wait, no one in the podcast business at large. Yeah. Mm. So so we should stop. Kind of just. Maybe we should just stop recording right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, hmm. but Spotify, which has spent far more on the medium than its rivals, has more to lose than most. Yeah. Okay. But isn't that interesting? That Spot- iTunes, a- Apple, they started all this. They started the podcast. Right. That's why it's called the podcast, the iPod, which doesn't exist anymore. I never even thought about it. And they just did that for free. What do you mean? Oh, oh, right. They didn't lose anything. They yeah, they didn't it. lose anything. But Spotify... That's why it doesn't pay to be late. And as I say this, we're oh, <laughs> the, the latest podcast <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the market. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally the newest. <laughs> well, yeah, but we don't get, do this for money. We, no, do it, um, we do it for fun. We do it for the hope of money. you do want to get on the ground, in on the ground floor. Mm, somehow. The early bird gets the worm, is what I've heard. 
The pool of podcast listeners is growing. That's good. That's good news. But the flood of shows on various streaming platforms make it makes it tough to break new hits. That's even that's true. That's so Sticky true. Mart's a nasty. The competition's nasty. <laughs> it is tough. Oh. <laughs> uh, but Spotify signed celebrities to pricey podcasting deals, twenty million or twenty million dollars or more. See, each. That's, this is oh, they're overinflating every like that's too much. I think. Yeah, that's why they're losing out. Well, sure. They could give us $80,000. <laughs> we would work our ass off. <laughs> but people want to hear what the Obamas have to say. They have a production company. The Obamas have the production company Higher Ground. And Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, they got mixed results. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. <laughs> what? They yeah. got mixed results on their podcast. What's, what's their podcasting well, company called? They spent... <laughs> They paid these people $20 million to make podcast episodes. The Obama's production company made five podcasts at Spotify, and they signed a new deal with Amazon's Audible last year. Markle's only podcast, Archetypes, made its debut in August 2022 at the top of Spotify's podcast charts, but failed to sustain a large audience and wasn't renewed for a second season. So they paid this. They paid one of the most uninteresting people in the world. <laughs> one 20, of the most interesting amounts of money. <laughs> Twenty million dollars to make one season of a podcast that nobody listened to. That's crazy. That's insane. Yeah, because yeah, what? So the first episode, people are like, "Oh, let's hear what she has to say," and then they go, "Oh my god, if I have to listen to this, look at his basis, I'll fucking gouge my eyes out." <laughs> Gouge my ears out. Yeah, one of these the stars of the uh, USA Network series Suits. I'd love to hear what she her thoughts on the current state of affairs in the world. Yeah, so they're thinking if we get big names, pay them a ton of money. But that big, being a big name doesn't always account to being an interesting person. I think we've learned that. Or you might be an interesting person, but you may not have... The best you, podcast may not be the most... It's you, like NBA players. You have a big name go to a team, but that team doesn't win the championship. Who wins a championship is like the best team. Yeah. Maybe it, filled with like no rock stars, but together they're right. the, like That's it's, why we are... <laughs> that's why they should give us $1 million <laughs> instead well, of Megan Merkel. It's, it's the intangibles, Joe. The intangies. Investors last year said they wanted to see the company start making money. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Can you read that one more time? <laughs> Investors in Spotify's podcast business, they, yeah. they said they want to see the company start making money. <laughs> so if, if these people could get on that, that'd be great. Oh, that's odd. We don't want to be assholes, but we would like to so go. see. The, the thing we spent a billion dollars on we would like to see a return on investment. And then, on and then Spotify goes, okay. Jeez, we never really thought of that. <laughs> okay, well, you realize that <laughs> this takes a few centuries to, <laughs> to get off the ground. Yeah. So they want their money now. They, they want to see a return. And what Spotify's saying, they're like, well, okay. They go, they go, well, well, within a year or two. You just say that that's, every that's year after year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we so see the light their, around the corner. They got their fucking, it's going to be a year or two. Yeah. So their ass is up against the wall. Pretty much, yeah. They're backed up against the corner. And they're laying off employees. <laughs> oh, they're going to come crawling back to Neil Young so fast. 
<laughs> Neil, you gotta get us out of this one. <laughs> Neil Young's gonna turn this turn this fucking car around. Neil, I, I don't. How about twenty million dollars to come back for a podcast? We need, we need Harvest Moon. <laughs> we need Harvest Moon. Uh, some laid-off employees are trying to land deals to continue producing shows that Spotify canceled. Among the titles Spotify has discussed selling is Conviction, which was about to release a new season when it was dropped in June. (laughs) The show's supervising producer at one point talked with Spotify executives about bringing in a buyer to secure the rights to the program for between $50,000 and a hundred thousand dollars, according to people familiar with the discussions. Days later, Spotify set a figure in the five hundred dollar, five hundred thousand dollar price range. <laughs> so that's how much they need money. They're like, we they they, they want they want to sell it for the the people that own the people that are producing it want to sell it for for fifty thousand or hundred thousand. <laughs> They're like five hundred thousand, or we won't hear another offer. <laughs> Wow, they're cash poor. Yeah. Spotify's got no money. Spotify's cash poor. And it makes sense because I don't know anybody that... everybody. It's the same with Netflix. Everybody's just mooching off other people's Spotify accounts. I think I pay for it like a loser. But it's the only one because I'm stealing somebody's... H- I'm stealing somebody's HBO. I'm stealing somebody's yeah. everything else. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I don't. But know. how often do you listen to Spotify? Every day, every day, every day. Oh, wow. So it was driving me crazy with the ads. Sure, that makes sense. So I couldn't, I couldn't go any longer. But do you do you listen to podcasts on Spotify? Or do yeah, you absolutely the- not. Yeah. No, I listen to music. That's what I know it to be for. Yeah. Right. So quit. Tr- it's like everything else. Quit trying to be. We don't need an everything app. Just focus on being good at one thing. <laughs> Spotify's good at having music. Right. Apple Podcasts is good at having podcasts. And you know what pisses not- me off? Every time I get on Spotify, I try to look up Heart of Gold, and it's not fucking on there anymore. Because <laughs> they kicked my favorite artist off of it. Yeah. And now i got to go to YouTube to find Neil Young. Right. Why don't you just have all of the music, no podcasts, instead of half the music and the worst podcasts in the world? Yeah. That being Meghan Markle, and that's not to yeah. throw the Obamas and Joe, sweet, sweet Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> uh, but here, yeah, everybody, every company now is trying to be a jack of all trades. What they forget is the end of that phrase, master of none. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said it best, Trent. <laughs> but that's actually not the end of the phrase. It keeps going. Oh, really? What's the, what's the next part? Jack of all trades, a master of none, but often better than a, than a master of one. Really? <laughs> yeah. I never heard that part. I think that's not, not maybe not word for word. I think. So. Uh, wow. Well, forget everything I said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what we need is an everything app. <laughs> you know what, what Spotify Joe, needs sold to me. do? After Spotify. I heard the last part of that phrase, I've taken, I've taken everything I know and I've thrown that out the window. Uh, yeah. We need an everything app. What they need to do is rebrand Spotify into a cool letter that comes at the end of the alphabet. Perhaps <laughs> V or Z. <laughs> or I guess T is more closer to the middle. But when you get to the last yeah, it's, five... It's around there. When you get to the last five letters, the letters yeah. start to get really cool. Well, what's the best bagel, Joe, in everything bagel? I agree. It would make sense that the best app would be in everything app. I, I could see that. I've, I've, yeah, so I'm sold now. Uh, speaking of selling things, uh-huh. the government... Uh, sorry, what, what is this article oh, from? Oh, this is from the Wall Street Journal. Oh, okay. 
the government has a bridge to sell you. <laughs> Go on. Is it a bridge to nowhere? <laughs> or give you. Okay. States try to find new homes for structures, but best to check with the family first. Are you looking for a bridge? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you telling me right now? <laughs> Can't wrap my fucking head around this. Iowa has one for you. It's a 128-foot bowstring-shaped Warren Pony Truss from 1912. If that's not your style, you can get a 183-foot trapezoid Pratt through Truss from 1892. Where am I going to put a bridge? Over in Oklahoma, (laughs) you can find a Camelback Truss outside Tulsa. Chances are your State Department of Transportation has a few historic bridges that would be happy to turn over for you. Uh, provi- over where? Pr- provided you take good care of them. In many cases, the bridges are free. You may this have to pay for the move, but there might be grant money available. Now, tell me this. Tell me this. If I buy a bridge, can I put it over a river somewhere? Can I connect if, it somewhere? If you have the right paperwork. <laughs> if you if you have property that crosses a river, yeah. So I could install my own bridge. Right, you can install it would be my your property. Own bridge. It would be your property, and if it, the river is on your property, you—that's what—that's what some of these people are doing. Okay, but so that's who's are, buying it. Yeah, so, well, th- these are because I don't know if they're aware of this, but the size of the American home is getting smaller, <laughs> and people people don't really have room for bridges in their houses. Yeah, well, some people do. Very select few people do, but these bridges are like historic monuments, so they're protected. Okay. So these states, they, now they're old, they're run down. Mm. The crumbling infrastructure, <laughs> which we hear so much about. We hear so much about. So Even much. they passed an infrastructure bill, but apparently it's all well, still that's shit. Par- that's part. Oh, that so they're getting plays, rid of the old ones. That plays into this, yes. So it's Biden's fault. It's that I, I have, to, wanna, buy, I wanna, I have p- to buy a bridge. I don't want to point fingers. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I listen, I don't point fingers at old it's men. Not, I mean, it's not 45's fault. I'm not to the elderly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if, so the bridge, if it's listed on a National Register of Historic Places, federal law requires they must first make an effort to preserve it. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, that's good. Let's keep that in place. <laughs> that's, that's not a, a roadblock at all. <laughs> so... Let's see. To comply, agencies post their soon-to-be-replaced historic bridges online, hoping to entice someone to adopt them. In some cases, these bridges retire, retire to trail networks or golf courses where they spend their golden years hosting pedestrians, cyclists, and golf carts. Now, tell me this. Can you get them for free if you have a place to take it? They, some are free. You, ha- you might have to, to pay to, to transport it. Okay, so if I can Which pick I, it up, it would probably cost a pretty penny. I would imagine lugging a bridge, <laughs> <laughs> lugging a bridge over various bridges and yeah. highways. So some, a lot of them go to like golf. You probably air airdrop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably strap like it an to elephant a plane. or something like that. An elephant? Oh, have it carried? By yeah, an elephant? Carried. like a war elephant. No, you, have you ever seen like? They when they rescue an elephant, they strap it to oh, a fucking do they really? helicopter. Or something. I've never seen that. Oh, that's fun. We should watch the YouTube videos later. <laughs> I would love to fire those up. <laughs> but sometimes maybe they could choo choo train a bridge. Anyway, yeah, you'd hate well, to get a lot stuck of in traffic. Trains go over bridges. Now we're getting into the weeds here. Well, uh, we're actually on the tracks. <laughs> 
so but so a lot of them go to like golf courses and stuff but sometimes they come they become prized possessions of a small but devoted band of bridge collectors oh my christ who give them pride of place on their property the one trillion dollar infrastructure spending bill president biden signed in 2021 has money to replace lots of historic bridges that should create a buyer's market what kind of person buys a bridge well, somebody like Bruce Saucier. <laughs> <laughs> so I would, if I, I could see myself getting into like small boutique bridges, mm. like something in like a, a Van Gogh painting of like the, like not Van Gogh, but Monet, the water lilies, you got a little bridge back there yeah. from the 1730s. I could maybe get with one of those, put it in my garden. If you had a garden, yeah, if you're if a rich guy with a garden, you can't do these giant metal bridges though. That's insane. No, I've always wanted to like get into like, uh, I've always wanted to have enough money to get into like model trains. Yeah, well, it's not it's, that expensive, but it's it's, uh, it's still pretty expensive. But you could sink some money into it for sure. Yeah, what you really need is an old guy that knows how to how to fix them when they break down. But tell me more about this guy who buys bridges. Well, he's like a rich. He's not very interesting. I just thought the name was funny. He's just a rich guy. He's buying bridges. But bought a bridge and put it on his property. There's another guy, though, Philip Hart. In, in 2011, Hart bought a truss bridge in Cotton County, Oklahoma, from someone who had bought it from the county. He had, he had it moved 16 miles to his yard. By his own account, Hart is a sentimental man with a fondness for local history, which he attributes to his profession as a funeral director. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love things that used to exist, like people, <laughs> bridges. <laughs> yeah, this is crazy, man. What he buys a bridge is nuts. He also bought a a, a uh, closed down bowling alley, which he fixed up and sold, hoping it would one day reopen. This is a quote: My wife told me you can buy anything you want if you sell this bowling alley. <laughs> I bought me a bridge. <laughs> the one thing that you're in that's <laughs> would piss your wife off way more than a bowling alley. <laughs> Dude, imagine being like, honey, I bu- we, honey, we bought a bridge. <laughs> How pissed would your wife be? Yeah. You, you know, yeah, you know that phrase, I can sell you a bridge. It shows you're kind of a rube. Yeah, yeah. Well, I fell for it. <laughs> I sold the bowling alley. I know you're going to be happy. I bought a bridge. <laughs> honey. I bought a bridge <laughs> starring Matt Damon. <laughs> and now I finally have a place to throw myself off of. Yeah. But I was in, uh, in, the phrase, if you believe that, I, I got a bridge to sell you. Do you know where that originated? Because I got curious. Probably in the bridge buying community somewhere, perhaps. Well, no. I, I got curious <laughs> because I, I. Right. So I looked it up. Okay. It's from a notorious con man. Did he actually sell a bridge? George C. Parker. Oh, from Parker Parker Brothers. <laughs> I don't think he had no relation, but he's a friend of the show. Welcome anytime. He died in 1936, so this guy, Philip Hoffman, would love him. <laughs> yeah, he probably put him in his funeral. Yeah, but he repeatedly convinced people he sold, he was selling them the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> what, what does that even mean? <laughs> How could one uproot that? Oh, they just own it in place? Just No, they think they bought the bridge. They they think the this was they think in, they own it. It's like it's not going anywhere, but you own it. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. own it. He's a con man, and this was back in the eighteen hundreds. 
he th- people he would tr- he would trick unwary immigrants that the Brook- <laughs> the Brooklyn Bridge was being sold. <laughs> and he would sell that to you know, them. It's the golden age of convicts, yeah. like the 1890s. Well, yeah, but also it's no, it's kind of no different than NF to, to selling somebody an NFT. <laughs> that's a hundred. That's so true. Yeah, I saw it. So you know, there was like a, it's like a digital illustration of like a whatever, like a chimp or something. Yeah, and he's like he has like headphones on or they something. They call it the bored ape. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It sold it during the NFT boom for yeah. like five hundred million dollars. The guy's got it for sale for like five grand right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he can't get rid of the thing. He bought the Br- the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, what a what an idiot! <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't lose my ass on <laughs> the board apes. Uh, so yeah, so he but he convinced people that he sold them the Brooklyn Br- Bridge and police. Police removed several of his of his victims from the bridge as they tried to erect toll booths. <laughs> <laughs> and they go, what? What? <laughs> no, no, I bought. I bought, I bought the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> no, I own. I own. I pay. I, I make go, my money go, back. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Listen, buddy. Uh, uh, <laughs> Come on, let's, let's pack it up. <laughs> I go, no, no, I, got, I have the deed to the bridge. <laughs> they go, what the fuck is this? Thing? Yeah. Put up a toll booth. That is so funny. Man. And then you got to go home. and The only thing worse than telling your wife you bought a bridge yeah. is going home and saying, you know the bridge I bought, honey? Yeah. We didn't buy a bridge. Yeah. You know... The bridge I bought, one of those famous bridges in the world. You know when I came home and I said I bought a bridge and you didn't talk to me for six weeks? <laughs> what if I told you he didn't sell me anything at all? <laughs> but we don't get the money back. <laughs> and I know I told you I was going to make the money back on the toll booth. Oh. <laughs> That's out the window too. <laughs> right, so... And I know that, yeah, I talked in, in depth about the toll booth as a way to sort of monetize the bridge. But they shut that down right away because it, as it happens, I don't own the bridge. <laughs> so, what you, so what do you want to do for dinner tonight? We might have to go back to Hungary. <laughs> uh, we're going to go hungry tonight and we're going to go back to Hungary tomorrow. <laughs> But it's a tale as old as time. Everybody's been getting conned for their entire lives, basically. The entire human existence, there's been con men. The internet company is conning us right now. Yeah, con Con Edison. It's in their name. (laughs) It's in their name. Edison, light bulb, con, we're taking your money. (laughs) (laughs) This thing's free. We're going to cost you a million dollars. So that's all I have. Yeah. Well, I think we I think we we did it all. I think we had we've covered it all. Covered it all until next week. Until next week. <laughs> Trent and Joe signing off. Have a good one. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye-bye.